Welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is episode 1.00, and first we're going to introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Zachary Rios, and I am from the Grand Rapids area in Michigan, and I'm a youth ministry major and a pastoral leadership minor. And my name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I'm the founder and director for Rekindling Ministries. Okay, so as we get started here, I just want to explain how Shannon and I met and then how just this whole podcast series really came about. I was, as a part of the pastoral leadership program, just getting involved in a local church here in the area, and I went to Sunday school, and Shannon came and was teaching the Sunday school lesson for that month. It was a series that talked about the seventh stage journey, which we're going to explain later. And he also was just giving a lot of different advice on how to spiritually mature, which I had grown in a Christian home and just a Christian environment. And he really was able to shed some light on some things that I had never really understood before. And so I approached him and asked him how I could get involved just helping out with the ministry and different things like that. And that's really what birthed this whole process because I was really encouraging him to spread what he was sharing in a way that he wasn't able to before. And so the goal of this is really to help reach people that aren't in the Lynchburg area. And so more people can hear just the different lenses and some of the different ideas he has in his t- Take on Christianity, if you will, um, that he has been working on through rekindling. And so in this episode, what we're going to do is we're just going to get to know Shannon a little bit better and his story and how rekindling came about. And then also just some of the different ministries that rekindling has and just the different mm-hmm. ways that he's able to use the curriculum that he's developed in this area. And uh, But before he does that, I just really want to let you guys know why I think that this is worth listening to. Um, first, I believe in it enough to sit down for multiple hours a week and just help him record this podcast series, which I have really enjoyed doing. And this whole curriculum has really impacted my own life. In papers that I've written recently, it's just come out, some of the terminology and different things. And just some of the perspectives that we're going to explain to you guys will hopefully be able to help you spiritually mature. And just, it's all really helpful and you can use different parts and different aspects of your life, which has been really good for me. And God's just really used this in a huge way in my life. And so I'm hoping that he will continue to do that in other people's lives. So just with that being said, Shannon, if you could just give us a little bit of your story. Sure. Thanks. I, uh, and I'm excited for the podcast series too. I know it was a great opportunity to add a new medium to everything that we've been developing the last 10, 12 years. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited about the different seasons that are going to come out and all that. And I know with this being episode 00, you know, the very first one, mm-hmm. I know for me, when I'm listening to somebody teach or speak, it helps to know a bit of their background, you know, where they came from. Why should I listen to this person? You know, um, do they have insights that I can pick up on or do I appreciate certain you know elements about them, et cetera? And so I know it was good for this first episode to go ahead and share my story and where I'm coming from and the way that I think about things uh, and then talk a little bit about rekindling as an organization before we head into episode one next week, you know, with the first lens. And so for me, particularly the, the story, I was born in Illinois in the Peoria area and grew up in central Illinois. So it was a Midwest background, you know, uh, background yeah. upbringing, mm-hmm. uh, the two dogs and or the two kids <laughs> and the dog in the backyard, you know, all that. Yep. And uh, so I, I loved getting to grow up in, in the Midwest and Illinois there. And I also grew up in a very strong Christian family. So we grew up Nazarene denomination and it was church three times a week, you know, Wednesday night and, and then twice on Sundays. And um, we had, you know, my grandparents were saved on my mom's side, all my aunts and uncles and cousins were all saved. It was mm-hmm. just a 
regular part of who we were because they had all grown up, you know, in their childhood, yeah. and it was just a generational thing. And uh, and so I really, I'm very thankful. I had, and we had a lot of fun, you know, a lot of uh, teasing and jokes and and Star Wars and GI Joes <laughs> and you know all that stuff coming up. And um, so that that was the the upbringing. My personality. I'm a very strong-willed um, personality. I definitely you know type A, like doing things my way. Mm-hmm. And so through high school, it was definitely, you know, submissive to my parents and submissive to God. And, and I was a good kid. Like I, you know, I had got saved at a young age and baptized, I think around 10 um, mm. and around 12 knew that I really wanted to commit my life to God and, and be serious about it. So in high school was, you know, it was sometimes a more legalistic bent, but mm. doing all the right things and, 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 you know, not, not partying and that kind of thing. Well, finished high school, and this is my personality is really starting to come out, really getting hyper-confident in who I am and mm-hmm. my take on life, you know. So I went to the University of Illinois, Fighting Illini, which I love. fantastic school. And I, I thought I was making a deal with God when I when I got there because now, you know, I, was, I wasn't under my parents' wing anymore. I could do things my way. This was a 36,000-student, you know, university. Mm-hmm. There were so many opportunities. And so this this deal that I try to make with God was, listen, God, I still believe that you exist. Jesus, I still believe that you're God in the flesh and you know, died on the cross for my sins. I believe the Bible's still, you know, authoritative and true. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go ahead and figure out all the details on my own. I'll go ahead and make mm-hmm. the decisions that I need to make. I don't I don't need to be told what to do. I'm an adult now. I'm eighteen, you know, et cetera. And so what happened was I started making these, these little decisions, and each one was a little decision. So it was a, it was a small step, say, away from orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, justified it because it was a small step. So, for example, I don't need to go to church when I'm down there in Champaign-Urbana. You know, um, I already know the basics. There was a uh, InterVarsity and some other groups I could go to occasionally, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I don't really need to be reading the Bible on a regular basis because I already know basically what it says. I had read it front to end, you know, through when I was in high yeah. school. Um, and then I turned 19, you know, that fall and you can get into the bars at that age. And I was like, okay, well, if I want to drink, you know, uh, I think it's okay to, to, to drink. And so I kept making these little steps, not adding up their cumulative effect. Mm-hmm. And so that began uh, a prodigal son stage for me. And so all of my twenties was just me doing life my way, which was all about the fun. So I had a very social life and was very active in, in um, my fraternity and, and uh, student ambassadors and other organizations that, you know, that I was in there. And so then when I graduated, I moved out to D.C. and didn't really want to do a nine-to-five cubicle job, didn't like the idea of having to wear a suit every day. You know, mm-hmm. kind of, again, I wanted to be my own person. Uh, and so it was, was waiting tables and then bartending, and I'm more of a nighttime guy anyways. And again, just continued that prodigal son stage. So there was a whole lot of drinking. And another thing I wanted to say, too, when – when you're getting somebody's background, something else that I highly value is vulnerability. Hmm. Um, we are all messed up. We are broken people in a broken prologue. And I don't ever want to hide my mistakes, you know, et cetera. I want to be very honest sure. about what I've done. Yep. And so during that time, you know, after college, I uh, was in D.C., I was in Baltimore, a couple different places, and it was that bartending lifestyle. And so it was um, the obviously the drinking. I, I do have a DUI, you know, on my record. I spent the night in jail um, when I got pulled over. Uh, I did I did ecstasy and marijuana. I did cocaine a couple times. Uh, was obviously sexually active and was sleeping around. I have an abortion. 
you know, on my record, I do believe life begins at conception. And so that's something that I've had to, to deal with. Mm. And so throughout the whole decade there in my 20s, this was the lifestyle that I was living. And very, very me focused. So I wasn't, you know, as intentional about keeping in touch with my parents or, or my brother. Um, you know, put, put me first. This is what I want to do. Even with my friends, you know, we could tick them <laughs> off at times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we were just doing that all through my 20s. And the whole time we would still say that I'm a follower of Jesus and, and I believe the Bible, but just wasn't living like it, right? Mm. Wasn't being intentional in any shape or form when it comes to faith. So all that goes on. And then I, I come in towards the end of my 20s um, and I ended up in Dallas, Texas. This was in 2001 and 2002. And in hindsight, you can see kind of God working and, and him stretching you. Um and so when I was in Dallas, I had a hard time making friends. I could make friends at the wall, you know. Uh, and I had a hard time making friends. I have a couple of friends I still keep in touch with, you know, from there. But it was just a real uphill battle. And I found myself depressed. And I'm not a pessimist. I'm definitely an optimist, uh, mm-hmm. glasses half full kind of guy. And so in that first part of 2002, there was a couple months where I was just depressed. And I wasn't happy. I was very, very dissatisfied. I was in a bad mood. Didn't know why, you know, et cetera. So it was in, it was in April of 2002. I just sat down and said, All right, I need to figure this out. I need to figure out what's going on here. And so I did some meditation, some self-reflection, you know, and I came to two conclusions. One conclusion was, is that I was not where I was supposed to be. I had definitely, you know, I, I had in college these visions of grandeur, being a millionaire and a business owner and, you know, all these kind of things. I, mm-hmm. I studied uh, business administration and, and marketing in, uh, at U of I and um, wasn't doing any of that. I was barely using my degree. Uh, I was doing some bookkeeping at, at the time. Um, but, but even just job aside, character wise and everything else, I definitely was mm-hmm. not where I needed to be. The second conclusion that I had to come to was that that was my fault. I had only myself to hold accountable for that. I couldn't blame bad luck. I couldn't blame other people. Uh, These were decisions that I had very intentionally made through the course of that decade, and it was my decisions that put me where I was. And I'm somebody who struggles with pride and can get a little too big for his britches and really, you know, confident in himself. Mm -hmm. And so sitting there and having to admit that I had screwed up a decade of my life, and that which at a point at that point was a third of my life. That was a blow, you know, to my self-esteem. And I remember before then I wasn't as much of a crier. Now I cry all the time. Yeah. Um, God gave us tear ducts for a reason. <laughs> and But I remember just really just breaking down and crying there on my, my floor in my apartment there in Dallas. And just realizing I needed to have God in my life again. And not just partially in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. I needed him to take over again. I needed to realize that he was smarter than I was. He was more charismatic than I was. He probably actually even loved me more than I loved myself. Mm-hmm. And he loved others more than I loved others. And so I really needed him to take over. And so I just had that prayer. I was like, God, please. You know, I was saying about the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I've ate with the swine, and this is not the lifestyle that I want. And I, and I, know, I know the answer. I know the answer is not to get a better job, you know, like that. I know the answer is you. And so I really just said, just let me recommit to you and let you be the boss. And I don't mean just generally, I mean, in a very, very real way, I need you to take over. And what blew me out of the water was he was like the prodigal son's dad in the parable. Hmm. Um, and so for those that don't know the parable, the the prodigal son was a guy that, that took his, his – um, his trust fund early yeah. and split out and then pretty much wasted and squandered all of it and then came back really kind of broken and humbled and his his older brother was really ticked off at him that he had done all that mm-hmm. but his dad ran down when he saw his son in the distance ran down the road because he was excited that his son's back he wasn't pissed off uh, he wasn't angry he was just just so appreciative that his son had come back and you know in that culture you wouldn't run but he'd hiked up his robes and ran that kind yeah. of deal and so as I'm committing to God, kind of what I expected was him to be like, 
okay, I have to take you back. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's part of my job, <laughs> and uh, I'm not happy with what you've done. So we're gonna put you on probation. But once you kind of prove yourself, then we'll bring you back in the fold, and it'll mm-hmm. all be good long term. And that's not what I I experienced. What I experienced was just like this excitement. And this happiness that we were having this conversation, and it really caught me off guard. And, and I'm like, oh, I don't understand why you're so excited. You know, I felt like God was telling me, he's like, I love you, son. You know, I created you. And yeah. yes, I hated the decisions that you've made, but I gave you free will. I knew you were going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and I knew that you're stubborn. And so I had to just patiently wait for you. It took a decade, but I had to patiently wait until you were willing to come back to me again. Mm-hmm. And now you're here. And I already died for all your sins. They've already been covered. They've already been atoned for. We don't need to dwell on those things. You're back in the fold. This is what I want. Let's run forward. Yeah. You know, and that really again, caught me off guard, <laughs> um, but was very thankful for that. So anyways, so recommitted. And even then it still took a couple years to start really fully get, getting back in the fold. So I was, all right, God, I'll give you this, but I'm going to hold on to this. And then I'll, okay, I'll give you that as well, but I'm still going to hold on to this. And just over the next couple of years, started really giving more to him. And, mm-hmm. and I started going to church again. I started hanging out with other Christians that I could kind of um, feed off of, you know, iron sharpens iron. Um, I was I was reading the scripture. And I, you know, again, I told you I, I had read it front to end through high school. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had read it like front to end like six or seven times in different translations, and I was always impressed with that. And so, so I, I was reading it again. And one of the things for me was is like, well, how do I know this is true? I've, I've always accepted the Bible is true, but do I really believe that? Yeah. And so that got me into apologetics. And so I was reading Missler and McDowell and. Um, uh, who did the uh, the case? Lee Strobel, mm-hmm. um, a guy named Jeffries, Grant Jeffries. So I was reading some uh, Perloff, reading these different people, and I really got convinced. I, I kind of already knew it, but it was like getting to see all the evidence. Mm-hmm. The evidence is there that there's a creator God. I really don't think that, that this life that we have could have happened by chance over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then reading the scriptures and just reading like, all right, here's when all the books were written. Here, here's how the copying happened by hand before it got to the printing press. You know, that kind of deal. Looking at, at the consistency, um, and there's tension in the text, but there's consistency as well. And so I really, really just got convinced that that um, there is a creator God mm-hmm. who made everything and that the scriptures are divinely uh, authored, uh, you know, penned by men, but but divinely authored by God and got really excited. And so as I was reading the scriptures and was, was recommitting to him, um, one of the biggest things that jumped out at me was this picture. And we call the seven stage journey now, which you've already referenced. And, and ne- in the next episode, we're going to elaborate more on that. Yeah. But just seeing this picture emerge that it's not about just believing in Jesus so that you can go to heaven and live forever when you die. Uh, that's, yeah, that's the fire insurance, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much more to that, that, that they're, they're calling us to step up into this, um, to maturity. Mm-hmm. Something I'm passionate about that we're going to keep coming back to in, in these seasons is I believe that we're all made broken and incomplete. And God wants us to grow into the complete version of ourselves. And it will be that way in heaven, but we're not supposed to wait to then. That we really need to begin um, yeah. uh, equipping ourselves mm-hmm. and, and becoming the, the clearer, cooler viction, uh, uh, version of you. And it's like when I look at the complete version of Shannon, I'm mesmerized by that because he's not selfish, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of deal. And so I want to start moving towards that. And I remember thinking, this is amazing this picture that is being uh, drawn and if it did occur that would be a, that would be freedom for that individual and i feel like they would have a huge impact on, on those around them and so now unfortunately i don't see that very often 
Hmm. And I don't see many Christians living this way, you know. And again, we'll get the seven stage journey next week. So I knew that I wanted to become this type of individual, that it wasn't just live service again. God wasn't in my back pocket. I wanted him to take over. One of the phrases that I always say is I want to I want to begin applying the details of the Bible to the details of my life mm-hmm. because I realize that's where the magic is. That's where the change is. We can we can apply the generalities to the Bible to the generalities of our life and that'll help to some extent. Yeah. But it's really the details where it's at. I kept reading these verses that pray without ceasing, rejoice always, turn the other cheek, rid yourself of all anger and bitterness, be content in all things, <laughs> you know, and, and really hit me home like, well, that's, I don't think there's just lip service. I think I'm actually supposed to do that. That's hard, but let me figure it out, right? So anyways, started really committed to all this. And so with that, uh, these, these first couple of years, then I felt like God saying, okay, now you're back in the fold, you're maturing in this process. I want you to figure your calling out. I want you to pursue it. And my first response was, absolutely not. You know, like I said, I've I've done ecstasy and cocaine. I've slept around and had an abortion. I spent the night in jail in a DUI. You know, all these things. I don't deserve, I'd be a hypocrite, you know, to... um, Hmm. To, to find to do some calling that you have for me and you know and god's like uh look at moses you know uh, look at david uh look at noah they all screwed up abraham uh, uh jacob i'm not looking for perfect people hmm. i'm looking for willing people to slowly over time become perfect become complete in in the calling that i have for them so understand shannon that I, i'm glad you're back in the in, in the fold now but if you don't go pursue your calling then you're just disobeying me all over again hmm. and i was like oh true so then that began this exploration. And I was, you know, 32, 33 at the time. And I was like, okay, well, what's my calling? And so I started reading a bunch of books, or some Christian books, some secular books uh, on how to find your calling. And all of them, there was a couple of key patterns that kept coming up uh, and that they would all say. One of them was look at the patterns in your life. And the patterns will clue you in to what your calling is. Also look at your strengths, you know, what your talents are. Uh, look at your passions. You know, what are the things you're passionate about? And so without kind of going on a rabbit trail and all that because this is where know thyself came from which we're going to be doing you know in another season Mm -hmm. um i knew that one of the patterns in my life was i was a trainer almost i've had 20 some jobs in my life a whole (laughs) bunch of w2s you know and almost every position i ever had eventually i became a trainer in it and i was like oh that's interesting i guess i didn't pay attention to it i do like to teach and train um, so that was the pattern. Um, obviously, my skill set, uh, storyteller, uh, communicator, that kind of deal. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that, that lines up. It makes sense. And then it was, okay, so it really did seem that God was calling me to be a trainer or a teacher. So then the question was, all right, well, what am I supposed to train or teach on? Well, I guess probably something I'm passionate about, you know. I'm like, oh, my goodness, can you imagine like getting to teach stuff on Tolkien, right, and <laughs> Lord of the Rings or yeah. more specifically the Silmarillion? That would be cool. But if I was going to teach or train on anything, what I would want to teach or train on is what I was just telling you about mm-hmm. this this maturing in your faith, applying the details of the Bible to the details of your life. I would want to do it first for my own benefit mm-hmm. and then teach and train others how to do that. Yeah. And so as all that was happening, it was kind of cool watching some quotes uh, come along that really hit me. So one quote was by Goethe, and it says, concerning all acts of creation and initiative, there's one elementary truth that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. Hmm. And I knew that I was at a crossroads, uh, Jeremiah 6.16. I was at a crossroads and I needed to step up and be intentional in making this happen. Uh, Another huge quote is from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. And he says, if you wanna build a boat, don't go out and just collect a bunch of people and assign them tasks. Rather, first teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. 
And when I when I came across that quote, I was like, mm. that, that, everything <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that you can hire people to build a boat and they'll build a boat. But if someone is really passionate about the ocean and its far reaching shores, you can imagine the meticulous approach they're going to take, the handcrafted, painstaking care to building the boat. And so when it comes to Christianity, I realize that God is the ocean and then our Christian life is the boat. And so we need to be in awe of who God is and his character and his plans and what he's trying to achieve and his methods, the way he's achieving that. And the more awe that we get, the more it's a motivation issue, the more it's going to drive us to then turn to the boat building and meticulously begin to transform. You know, applying the details of scripture and and rooting out sin in our life and becoming much more loving, you know, and all of that. And at First Corinthians thirteen, you and I were talking about before the recording yeah. and trying to do to do all that. <laughs> and so I'm like that 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 that. I want to I want to be able to increase people's passions for God uh, and have that awe of scriptures and his character and his plans so that we can then uh, turn to Christian living and what it looks like to actually uh, transform, you know, and and play all that out. And so all that finished with um, uh, a Tolkien quote from the Silmarillion. Gandalf is my literary hero. (laughs) Yeah. And when he, at the end of the Silmarillion in the appendix, he's given the ring of fire. And Mm -hmm. for those of you who know Tolkien, you know what I'm talking about. Um, And when he was was given it by Curdin the shipwright. And and when he's handed the ring, there's a quote that says, And herewith maybe thou shalt rekindle hearts to the valor of old in a world that grows chill. And that was the nail in the coffin for me in a, in a good way of that, Lord, that I want to rekindle hearts to the valor of old in a world that grows chill. I want to rekindle people's passions um, for you and for themselves and for each other, you know, et cetera, um, and, and do that through storytelling and analogies and, and really kind of stir that passion up, but then also be very detail-oriented mm-hmm. and meticulous in trying to hammer all this stuff out and, and see where it plays. So that that was the this was man when was this that would have probably been 0405 so to wrap it all up um begin that exploration i began developing a bunch of material and mm-hmm. analogies and, and was going through scripture and trying to figure, you know, put put all this together in 2007 i formed the nonprofit the 501c3 rekindling ministries so that i had i had a um uh a format or a platform, you know, to, yeah. to, to do all this. Um, I had, I'd phased out of bartending. I was also teaching English as a second language. So I phased out of that. Uh, and then I went full-time into rekindling. I, I worked for a couple of years at a Chinese church there in, in Northern Virginia, uh, Harvest Chinese Christian church. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a blast. And, uh, and then in 2010 felt the call to seminary. And I always thought seminary was for pastors and realized that there's a whole lot more out there. And there was yeah. two degrees that I had, I never, you know, I never went to grad school. I had the, bu- the business degree and I knew that there was two other specific degrees that I wanted. One was uh, one in, th- in theology or theological studies. I want to make sure I wasn't teaching heresy, you know, sure. kind of deal. And another one was pastoral counseling. I'm more of a, a, a teacher than I am, say, a, a one-on-one counselor. But I had now that I was teaching some of these groups and such, mm-hmm. I people coming to me and saying, "Now, what about this? And how would I apply this to, to, to my life?" And I'm like, "Boy, I'm getting asked this a lot. But I probably should better uh, understand how counseling works." You know. Sure. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, End up did some exploration, some research. Ended up choosing Liberty University, uh, in, in 2010. And so I came down here, and from 2010 to 2013 was in seminary. I got my two degrees mm-hmm. uh, with honors, and and finished all that up. Good job, uh, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, very proud of that. And uh, and so finished in 2013, and then since then I've just been doing rekindling full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Gospel Community Church is, is where I go here locally, and then heavily invested in them. Uh, and so that's what I've been doing since then. In 2013, we got the Know They Self books printed. Um, have been mm-hmm. building material all this time. And then, of course, now we're rolling out the podcast. 
Yeah, and there's just really two things that I kind of want to talk about based off your story. And one is just, I think it's really cool how God is using your story in a way that can reach out to so many different people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you are, let's say you're listening to this and you are in that prodigal sun stage that you were describing, um, God wants you back. It's possible for him to bring you back. His grace is sufficient. And he really just wants you to come back into the family. Um, or if you were raised in the church and you haven't really done anything really rebellious besides maybe depend on yourself too much in your mm, Christian walk, right. um, his story still relates to that, to make sure that you keep growing in intimacy with Christ and not get caught up in the religion size, but really make sure that you're actively pursuing a relationship with Christ as well. And then also, if you are a new believer, just there's places that you can go with Christianity and it actually is a whole different lifestyle that is so much better than anything that Mm -hmm. you've tried before. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just that quote that you were talking about teaching people to long for the immensity of the sea. I think that that's something that rekindling is really good at doing just um, giving people the desire to learn more Mm -hmm. and to just increase their understanding in a much bigger and deeper way. And so with that being said, let's move into more of just what is rekindling and what are some of the things that it consists of? Yeah, it's, you know, the, the podcast idea, I love it. And it's, it's also hard because you don't have that give and take mm-hmm. with, the, with the listeners, you know. So like, there's certain things you hope that they pick up on and understand. And so with me personally, I just really hope everyone understands I'm not this pastor up on a platform that's <laughs> perfect. You know, I'm just this, this nonprofit director and facilitator who's broken. I sin every day still. Mm. Now, I sin less now than I did in the past, but I still sin every day. And I just, I I love God. I I believe the scriptures are mind-boggling and it's transformative power, uh, you know, in the details and such. And so I just want to live that and I want others to come along with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so... I'm really hoping that that we can get more and more people to do water walking, which again, we'll, you know, we'll explain next week. Mm-hmm. So then, as far as rekindling goes, you know, so we started in 2007, and even to this day, it's still hard to explain to people. Like, well, wait, what what is rekindling exactly? Like, even my board members <laughs> um, who still have a hard time explaining it, you know, to others. Sure. We have, we've had we've done you know we've done a lot of groups and one on ones over the years, mm-hmm. and so and and people love it. and They keep coming back to other studies that we're doing, and yeah. then, and then they're trying to explain it to their friends. And they're like, you know what? Just come. You know, just, <laughs> just, tr- just, just, just trust, try. It. Just, yeah, yep. just try. It. It's really good. Trust me on this. You know, et cetera. It is really, really difficult, even for me, to explain so people understand what it is. It, but I'm gonna attempt. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm gonna try that. So, rekindling ministries. The mission statement is rekindling passions for God, others, and self. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, I, I want to rekindle people's passions for God. That that He's not just this mean, distant individual that's mm-hmm. always angry. I want to go back to the text and see that he's actually always loving, hmm. you know, and yes, anger is a part of it at times and, and there's other things going on, but he's complex and he's beautiful. And, and I love Ezekiel thirty three eleven. I do not take delight in the death of the wicked for I'd rather they would come to repentance. Hmm. You know, I, I look at first Corinthians 13 and I'm like, man, if that, <laughs> that technical d- Greek definition of love, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, that's mm-hmm. insane, right? It would change life if we actually behaved that way. Yeah. And so, so I want to rekindle the passions for God because, because a lot of us are afraid of God. We're intimidated by God. We think God is this very, you know, kind of uh, formalized structure sitting on his throne. You know, it's, it feels awkward to kind of come be near him, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. And he's very approachable. Uh, and so I want to encourage people to do it because I know if, if they are passionate about God's creativity, 
you know, he came up with humor and gravity and things like this. <laughs> yeah. And so if, if they're, if they're intrigued with who he is, that intriguing will, will help them kind of draw near and, and lean on him more and trust in him more. Mm-hmm. And then rekindling passion for, for, well, self, for me, a lot of people hate themselves. Even those that deal with pride, it's kind of a lo- they have a love hate relationship with themselves. We, we're not supposed to hate ourselves. We're supposed to love ourselves. And you know, God, we are, we are wonderful creations. We are made in His image, mm-hmm. and so we need to love ourselves, and we need to be patient with our own mistakes, and we need to celebrate our strengths, uh, and we need to find our identity, you know, in Him, and find this calling that He has for us, and just move in that way. Yeah. And if we're if we're really much more passionate about Him and drawn to Him, and we're much more passionate about ourselves and our own calling in life, then we're ready to go be passionate about other people you know and to love our loved ones but then also to love the strangers and even one day love the enemies hmm. you know and treat them in very incredible ways and so so i so by rekindling those passions and it goes back to the the uxbury quote hmm. i want i want rekindling to rekindle those passions so that we can then turn to the boat building and it's not just this rah rah you know uh, general you know good for you god loves you jesus loves you there's so much more you know to it than that there's these details like rid yourself of all anger <laughs> Ephesians 4 says, do everything without complaint, mm-hmm. right? And so there's these very specific details. Um, you're supposed to rebuke gently and only if you're walking in step with the Spirit. You know, we're getting into more of that with the, with the Muddy Fields concept. Mm-hmm. So anyways, and so so that's that's the mission statement and that's the goal is to get people passionate about God, others, and self so that we can then turn to the mat- meticulous boat building, which is really the application of Scripture in all its details, mm-hmm. right? So that that's the uh, the mission, the material that we have. There's, there's four things that, that that we have. One is is uh, the spiritual lenses, which is what this podcast season is. And so we have nine or ten lenses that we're going to go through, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just different paradigms and perspectives to to use to help make decisions in your life. And and that's again. If you're curious, keep coming back to the season and listen to the other episodes and we'll explain all that. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing. A second thing that we do is called Know Thyself, uh, which you've done uh, yep. and a lot of people locally here have done. And what Know Thyself is, is figuring out how exactly God has wired you mm-hmm. so you can figure out what your calling is. And we have a book and we have a workshop that we do or study, uh, a study session. Yep. And so we're going to do, I, I think in season two, we'll, we'll do Know Thyself and we'll walk people through all those steps there. A third thing that we do is called unpacking. And a lot of, of our understanding of scriptural concepts are very superficial or surface level. Mm-hmm. And I want us to go in depth. And so what the unpack is what we do locally here is we do these four week, and you've done a couple, yep. we do these four week uh, workshops where we pick one concept, love, faith, hope, anger, evil, right? Uh, and we, we read every single passage <laughs> in scripture as a group, yep. usually five to 12 people. Um, over the four weeks, we read every passage on that concept. And then we begin to make our decisions. All right, so what does the Bible have to say about love or about evil, you know, yeah. or, uh, whatever it is? And so we're going to eventually do a season for the podcast here where we'll summarize and highlight what we learned from those studies. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one, I'm still working on a name. You know, we've talked about it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a, a portrait, a pretty comprehensive portrait of everything you need to know about Christianity. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of, of the church, you know, slices or pieces of what Christianity is all about. And so I, I want to eventually put together a whole thing that shows that. And just a quick note on that, we are going to do our best to present just a concise, clear picture of what Christianity is. We know that there's a lot of different facets that yes. some people choose, and so we're not going to try and claim that we're going to present every side of every issue, um, but we're just going to really try and give a comprehensive overview that someone, if you have a question on a particular topic, hopefully will have a 
podcast episode for you to come and listen to. And mm-hmm. so then you can try and get a better understanding of that. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll play off of that with this, this material. Um, it's not always traditional. Um, one of the phrases that I always like to say is, uh, I like to let the Bible paint the picture it wants to paint, mm-hmm. even if that's different than what tradition says. And I also know I'm wrong in some of what I teach. I want, let, me, let me just say that in the very first episode. I don't know where those wrong parts are mm-hmm. or, or when I learn them, then I change them. But I really want to take as honest approach as I can, getting into the Hebrew and the Aramaic and the Greek, looking at the context of each passage, looking at all the other related passages, mm-hmm. uh, and trying to formulate these things and, and trying to, because what I see is a beautiful, amazing uh, story. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to be able to explain all that. Um, so that's that's the material. Then you have, so you have the mission, you have the material, then you have the, the uh, methods. And the way that we do this is I facilitate a variety of uh, small group studies. Mm-hmm. I also will teach in formal training sessions. We also do one-on-ones uh, locally here where I'll just sit with someone to explain kind of what they're going through and we'll look at some of the lenses or the other things we've been talking, how does that apply to this life, their life and what decisions should they make, you know, et cetera. Sure. Those have long been those, those three with the small groups, the formal workshops or trainings and the one-on-ones, mm-hmm. but we're beginning to slowly expand. Yeah. And so now we're adding on the podcast series, mm-hmm. uh, which again, I'm really, really pumped about <laughs> uh, getting to do this. And then down the road, eventually we'll be doing videos. Um, we had, you know, the website, uh, rekindlingministries.com. Org, um, and it has I think I've got one video up there right now. Um, <laughs> but eventually, we're going to be adding other videos uh, to that, so that we're going to have these different um, mediums um, to use. We also have the blogging, so I have every Thursday, you know, every Tuesday we'll be releasing the podcast, and then every Thursday I have a guest blogger. I've got about a dozen of them, and they just kind of rotate through. I let them just speak whatever they want to speak from their heart, and it's really been cool yeah. uh, watching that. And again, it's, it's hilarious how much I use my hands when I talk in a studio. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyways, so those. Those are the the methods that we use. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I would say is who's the audience. So we're trying to you know rekindle passions for God, others, and self, so we can do this meticulous boat building, this application of Scripture, mm-hmm. and we do that through the lenses and know thyself and unpacking, and then this fourth thing eventually will develop. Yeah. Um, and we do that in a variety of mediums, most of it being face to face groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're adding the blog and the podcast and eventually the videos. Yeah. And so who's who's the audience? I remember. Um, when I first started putting all this together and I was starting the nonprofit and I was looking at writing the first book, um, you get into the marketing of it all and you get into who's your audience and then that way you can tackle your audience. Mm-hmm. And so I remember first reading like, well, my audience is everybody, you know? Um, and yeah. then like the very, ne- the very next line says, and by the way, your audience is never everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, well, mine is, you know? Um, and this was, you know, still early thirties. It was me being me. And so now I'm, I just turned 44 and you get a little more wisdom, right? As you, as yep. you get older and I totally get, what they're saying now Hmm. and so i can look back in the last 12 years that we've been doing rekindling and you see patterns emerge of who the audience is so the audience is mainly people in their early 20s to late 30s that maybe have kind of come out of that bubble of childhood and life is hitting them hard Mm -hmm. and they're trying to figure it out maybe they have no concept of of religion or, or who this this Jesus guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they grew up in that, but it's not some of the you know because there's there's American culture that filters into the church, yeah. and we can we conflate the two, you know, et cetera. And so they're not always happy with that, uh, and then they're trying to sort the, these things out. So so sometimes it's it's the believers who who really do want to go deeper in their faith. They want to become that complete version, mm-hmm. um, the maturity. They want to apply the details of Scripture. Um, this this kind of stuff really appeals to them. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, it is somebody who's 
who's not a believer in Jesus, whether they just don't know it or, or they don't want it, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're interested because we, you know, some of these paradigms, these lenses are kind of philosophical yeah. and they get intrigued by it, you know, and, and so they, they come with it. Um, and so, and so that I, I'm trying to think if there's any other thing I would say that mid group looking for something different, uh, looking for something more, uh, and, and really wanting to let the scriptures or either wanting to, or being willing to mm-hmm. letting the scriptures guide them. And I think that with this new medium that we're introducing, that we're hoping that more people that fall into that unbelieving category will start to just kind of listen and try and figure out what is this Christianity thing I've been hearing right. about. I've heard a lot of different things. I've seen a lot of different portrayals of this, this whole idea in different mediums and, uh, I hear there's this podcast of two guys that have been talking through Christianity. I'm going to give it a try. Sure. And so we hope that if that's you, that you would just continue to keep giving us a shot um, to just explain what Jesus has done in our lives and how he's impacted us. And so then hopefully we can um, just share that message with you. Yeah. If you, if you're listening and, and you've been hurt by the church, there's a good chance you have. Hmm. Um, and there's some standoffishness or there's some legitimate walls up. We get it. You know, we're not asking yep. you to, to, to drink our Kool-Aid, Mm-mm. at least not yet, right? <laughs> um, but I'm hoping that we can paint this picture that Jesus is God in the flesh. He really is king of the universe. And he's incredible when you get into his personality and his style and his methods. Um, when you start reading the scripture, not just as this archaic, formal, old English book. Mm-hmm. But you read it as this almost magical book that was written by 40-some different people over 1,600 years in eight or nine different countries and yeah. three different languages. And there's and yes, there's complexity and yes, there's tension, um, but there's this consistency, hmm. you know, in this message and and to really be intrigued by that. So so just just kind of give us a chance. Maybe it's yeah. I think we'll probably have around ten episodes or so when this is all done. Uh, listen to the ten episodes, you know, and and then make your decision. And we'll say this every episode. We, you can always contact us. Yeah. Right. And so. I guess just kind of going off of that, what is your hope for season one of this podcast? I think you kind of just alluded to it a little bit, but what are some other aspects of that that you would want to share? For me, and I'm looking because I, I, you know, I wrote some notes down here, mm-hmm. um, and I'm looking at them, and I realize that that there's a mental, emotional, spiritual, even physical. Hmm. I don't know if you see that. So one of the things I said, I'm hoping for insight and enlightenment. It's a mental thing. I'm hoping that when that people are listening to this series, they're starting to get a better understanding of what the scriptures are trying to teach, yeah. uh, what God's trying to accomplish, how we can go about doing that. And just that, because the understanding and that wisdom can lead to so many different things. So I'm hoping for, again, and, I, and also, by the way, I like to use a whole bunch of different synonyms and this will happen in all the podcast episodes Mm -hmm. because there's a certain word that I really like, but someone else doesn't (laughs) like that word. So I'll try to use several different words and hopefully kind of catch their attention. So one thing would be intellectually that insight, enlightenment, understanding, wisdom, et cetera. A second thing would be more the emotional and this would be smiles and encouragement. Hmm. You know, we've talked about, I want to make sure that this is not just a formal presentation that we're reading off a script when we do this, that this is a give and take between you and I, or yeah. we have other guest speakers come in and I want, I want, we're both a little quirky, right? <laughs> and so I want some of our personality to come out and I want mm-hmm. people to kind of laugh at some of the things that we say or roll their eyes if they don't <laughs> quite get, you know, however uh, that works, yeah, well, yeah, what we're doing. <laughs> Uh, and I want encouragement. My my goal is that that you know maybe not every episode, but or at least one person from every episode can finish that that thirty minutes, that forty minutes. Sometimes we might go longer. Mm-hmm. 
but they're encouraged. They just feel stronger, you know, um, and they feel more committed to going on this path, to persevere through this path, et cetera. So just that, that emotional uh, strength and, and resources. A third thing would be more the spiritual, and I wrote down here, tears and conviction. Um, I, I tell people in my, my community group that meets through GCC, mm-hmm. I, one of my goals is that they're both comfortable and uncomfortable when they when they come mm-hmm. to my place, you know, yeah. on Thursday nights, and I want them to feel comfortable, but I want them to feel uncomfortable. I want conviction, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, me me looking back at my twenties and seeing what I did and seeing all the good that I wasn't doing, yeah. and so I am hoping that there's tears and conviction that you know what I need to step up. There is a God who created everything, and He's very intentional and very engaged, and He's got expectations that he's that he's putting for me uh and i want to step up to that and so then the fourth thing kind of like a a physical uh would be application and change and growth uh, and then the impact that comes from that and so we talked about moving into that complete version of you one of my hopes is as as you're listening to all these podcasts and 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 you're taking hopefully you're taking notes Mm -hmm. you know i'd recommend maybe getting a journal uh and just taking notes uh you know as we go through the episodes um that because of that insight and understanding oh you know aha moments Mm -hmm. you begin applying it uh, and you feel the Lord encouraging you and strengthening you, and the resiliency uh, builds up. And um, and so I'm hoping that that you'll have more strength, and you will change, and you will transform. You will become that complete version, yeah. and know that when you do, there's greater impact that comes to that. You're going to have greater impact on those around you. Very positive, healthy, wholesome, good, loving impact. Mm-hmm. And so those would be my goals um, for this series. Yeah, and I think just my own personal goals. I really want unbelievers and believers like to just really come to an understanding that Christianity is not a list of rules to try and follow right. by some guy in the sky. Right. Um, the real biblical Christianity is so much more about life transformation than it is behavior modification. Mm-hmm. And just the idea that Christianity is hard. It is difficult to actually go through and not be angry and be content in all things. And just Mm -hmm. all of those different things that you've been referring to with applying the details of the Bible to the details of our lives, it's difficult and it takes work, but it's also worth it. Absolutely. And the lifestyle that you can live once you're living in the parameters that a loving God has set for us and you understand why he's doing the things he's doing. Yeah. Just that's so much fuller of a life than anything that we would try and do on our own. I agree. And so that's just something that I really hope that people get out of this. Yeah. Um, and so I really just want to encourage you guys to give us a shot. Um, try out these next couple episodes. Mm-hmm. See if you can relate to anything. This next episode in particular, I would really suggest you guys listening to. Because um, I think it can be really eye-opening to see uh, with this seven stage journey that we've been referring to, just where you're at. Are you mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. just in this village that we're going to describe, or are you actually starting to drift towards the ocean that um, really we would want you to be going towards? And that is the umbrella lens. Mm-hmm. And so by explaining it, all the rest of the lenses fit under that umbrella. So you'll kind of know if you want to you know, explore more. Yeah, and hopefully us being super vague about that will actually <laughs> yeah, encourage yeah. you yeah, to continue yeah, listening. Yeah. Um, so... And again, we just want to really get to know you guys as you're listening. So feel free to contact us. The website, again, is rekindlingministries.org. And you can also email us at info at rekindlingministries.com. And we are just so excited to go on this adventure with you guys. And so we just want to say that we love you guys. And we're looking forward to this. Yeah, and I also just want to send out one final thank you. Thank you to you for being willing to do this. I want to give a shout-out to Isaiah for just helping us Mm. with the recording. Uh, I know I've got family and friends that are listening to this episode. 
you know, so thank you guys for supporting and, and putting up with me all these years. Yeah. Uh, and then just those that, that the strangers that, that we don't know yet, mm-hmm. maybe we'll meet in this life. Maybe we'll meet in the life to come, but yeah. I want to thank you for, for giving us a, sh- uh, a shot. Yeah. So with that, we're going to sign off. Thanks guys. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>